Hi, this is Sir Flobogen Thunderhammer. And I'm King Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. We got a couple of serious ones uh, under our belt. I slept with the king. And you become the champion day one and walk out. I'm surprised your beards didn't get Velcroed together. Explain that. No, you have to explain. I have a clue. That's why. Some sort of LARP thing. I survived that. I'm, I'm not going to murder you. Yeah, okay. Um, let's see. We were going to do, uh, we were going to do like different from the normal intro. Yeah. If you wanted to, yeah. Okay. Something about hammer time, maybe. Oh, God. Yeah. When did you start recording? <laughs> uh, four it, minutes and 30, 40 seconds ago. It, doesn't, minutes, it yeah. doesn't matter. I don't remember what we've been talking about. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing that can't go on the podcast, so we're good. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hammer Time, where we discuss topics important to the three people sitting in the room in here and maybe some other people. Yeah. Interview also the three people sitting in the, the room in here. Uh, and talk with interesting people from around the Thunderhammer Brewing Garage. Oh, Thunderhammer Brewing! Mm. Oh yeah, no, we're we're we are officially a brewing. Did I not tell you I applied to get my uh, my brewing license? I have a still coming. Okay, I can't tell if this is sarcasm or not. No, no I can't either. <laughs> Can no, we break kayfabe for a second? <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, no kayfabe. I I ordered a oh, still. God. You can order it from Fermentation Station if you're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Over in West Knoxville, you can actually get a full still because in Tennessee, it's legal to own one. Well, um, and you live in a part of Tennessee where it wouldn't matter if it wasn't. That's right. <laughs> um, who, who's going to tell on me? The cornfields? I still um, kind of feel this is like a fire festival kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The uh, uh, No, so uh, yeah, no, I, I got one and you have to apply for your uh, liquor permit. There's two different kinds that you can get. I don't know all of the details, but... One of them you have to pay for. One of them you do not have to pay for, but you can't make as much. I am getting the one that you do not have to pay for right now. And if I end up starting to produce more, then I can always upgrade it. Oh, that's really or cool. Or not really tell anyone. Or <coughs> well, or not really tell anyone. But I, dude, I, I'd kind of like to get like a labeling machine. And, I mean, that would be really cool. Hey, we're recording, so discussing crimes, <laughs> not good. Because this is the worst crime that we've ever committed, right? Okay, so no, no. I had a question for you guys. Uh, the The point of this episode, now that we're six minutes or so in, um, you guys got to go to the event uh, this last weekend. I unfortunately was working, uh, so I didn't get to go. How was it's the first event that we've got to have in a while? Um, had a cap on people too, so it's kind of kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but uh, how was it? What'd you like? You know, give us the the good and the also good. Right. Well, okay, so before before anything, I want to step in here and talk to people listening from out of kingdom and just say, yeah, we had an event um, and we're allowed to do that because I said we could. Um, but also, we did it correctly. Like when we showed up, our, our prime minister ran up and, you know, checked our temperatures. We made sure people were capped so we had no more than 50, including staff and everyone else that needed to be there. Um, you know, we knew ahead of time who was coming and everyone wore masks. So, um, for everyone who made that happen and for everyone who participated and didn't give anybody any, um, any flack about it. Um, I want to give everybody a huge thumbs up because that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We also didn't have anybody whining or crying about things. And, Not you know, at all. So everyone just, you know, did their part. It was great. Yep. Well, cool. Now, what did we like about it? Um, well, it was pretty much just battle games the whole day. Um, okay. So 
that's cool. For me, my favorite part, and this is going to sound, I don't, I'm not a big class person. I like playing bard, but my favorite part was at the very end, we had a, um, what would you say? Essentially like a rolling kill your killer. It was a three man rotating chaos. Yeah. So that was, that was probably my favorite part. And it was just a like, Hey, wear yourself out until the sun goes down. Oh, oh yeah. Look, everybody's tired. Yeah. By the way, anyone that has a younger park, three men rotating chaos is three people have to be at the post. When they touch, they all come alive. They can go do things. They kill as a little uh, team. It's cool for multiple reasons because you can learn team tactics uh, with it. It's fun for wearing the younger amp guarders out. Once all of us old fogies have, have had it for the day and need to go oil our knees. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it's just generally a, a fun thing to do, especially if you still have some stuff set up. So any kind of obstacles or anything like that set up and they can kind of play around that. Um, it's another, another really cool thing to do. Yeah. It's typically so. kind of objective list to a degree, but the spotting yeah. mechanic can be used in other you know games and everything. So it's really good about it as well, especially if you're in a newer park and a lot of newer players, you can use the spawn mechanics in a, non-objective game to then build your knowledge base and things like that too. Yeah. yeah. Jeff also had a really cool idea of like making it have a win condition where you have like a red side and a blue side and you spawn at different sides. Oh yeah. Like it, <clears throat> it was, uh, it was off the cuff. So I don't want to say it's good. Make a perfect se. battle game right, right now. Yeah. Right. Um, but like uh splatoon does the, I don't remember what they're called. Lucas knows those, but flat tests. Yeah. So Love like splatoon. it's, it's, uh, ice cream versus cake or something like that. And then when you go and spawn, you spawn, uh, to your, uh, the, the one you want to support. And so the, it's kind of funny though. Cause like when you spawn, you're dying more often. So you're, you're supporting your team by your sacrifice in a way. So it's a little backwards than most games, but it gives yeah. it an end. So it's not just like everybody's tired. Let's go. Yeah. So like red side has a hundred lives and blue side has a hundred lives and you know, getting through those, whoever has like lives remaining at the end would be the winner or, uh, you know, you could do whatever you wanted to with yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. Now, who was it that we were talking to recently that was, that was saying they really wish that we could bring life counts back. Um, uh, well, so, um, oh, my, man, uh, Michael not... Hammer of God. Uh, yeah. He was, he was talking about that. He, he wishes that there was a way uh, that that part could come back, that he really appreciated that dynamic. So well, his thing was in, in the context of role play, because when you have a life count, your role play matters more. Yeah. Um, but this is this is just like a scoring mechanic. So I well, that's kind of the thing. Like no one's hamstrung with these rules, right? The, you were actually hamstrung by the old rules because you had a life count. You can enact life counts in your, your game design. Like one of the things that I've been toying around with is one or two life um, games so that you do have that. And it does allow for better role play because you have consequences. Well, um, yeah, but if you do a whole, you know, weekend, weekend length event and say, you know, you have, you're a warrior, you have six lives, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that where it gets into kind of the problem is like, uh, I think one of the CCs may have had... Happened in seven where we had lives or something still. Oh, I don't yeah. remember. We had the belt favors, the little bead, uh, the little bead belt favors. And oh, that's cool. every time uh, you died, you had to take one of the bead, yeah. uh, the string of beads off. Yeah, and see, and I don't remember if even, I can't remember now if seven had actual lives or not. I know six did. Seven did, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, uh, yeah, that was another way that, yeah, you're, you're still kind of hamstrung because everything was so balanced across the number of lives and everything. So you kind of made things worse in some ways because you made it closer to what it is now, but not balanced in any way, shape or form. Right. So 
the the balancing issues where the life count comes into play because other spells that become more powerful uh like the kill spells like call lightning or something like that right or resurrect or well yeah resurrect becomes infinitely more useful in some ways um and that was kind of the big thing whenever i was playing druid in seven is that i could make three people basically have no fun the entire game like i could call lightning one guy all the way through their death and then finger death the same another person and then stand by my statue who I petrified over and over again until they just quit, basically. So, like, the <laughs> the life mechanic thing is not good for new people either. Mm. Right. I can see a place for it. Um, but again, like, if your game is designed in such a way that you're using right. life counts, that's different um, in some ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I One of the big things as far as game design goes is I hate when things get limited out of the rule book. Like, you can't do Golem because it breaks our game. Design a better game is my answer. Design a better Golem. Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> Fight me. So uh, you have done uh, quite a bit of battle game planning and stuff. You guys used to use, uh, what was it called? Midnight Mayhem or... Oh, uh, Mayan Mayhem, yeah. Mayan Mayhem, thank you. Uh, and th- you've done a lot of other battle game planning stuff. Did it become easier when... Hang on. Let's segue to this <laughs> after we talk about the event part of it. Like, because we we're, we went way off again. Yeah. Oh, as yeah. is tradition. Yeah. Uh, everyone so, sitting in this room has ADD. Of <laughs> your course, favorite right. part of the event. Right. Teflon. So my, my favorite part of the event was uh, obviously games since they were there. But um, uh, for me, like the second game was my favorite. It was kind of a um, take on Eye of the Storm from World of Warcraft. Um, you have four bases and then a flag in the middle. And uh, I don't remember the exact scoring me- method because this is this was the minor there were kind problem. Of two. Yeah, this is the minor problem that I had with the event, and I think it's just um, so many people not used to playing any again because of COVID and stuff. And then yeah, also a lot like, of shaking the rust off for sure. Yeah, so like that's that was the real big part because I started thinking about it because I I had a big problem with the first one, but as I thought about it, um, Clover did a really good job, and one of the concepts that I really like in battle game planning is that if you have multiple games, you try to reuse mechanics so that no one has to learn anything uh, over and over again. And we had these runes that in the first game uh, we had to go, they were like scattered about, we had to go find them, bring them back to our base. And then we had like um, four runes. I don't know how many they were, but there was a bunch of different runes and stuff. We had to find the matching four once we had the matching four, we gained a relic. If the I don't know if the relic holder could kill the monster in the middle, or if the team could kill the monster in the middle. This is where I had I came in late, so I don't know if I missed it or if it just was unclear in yeah, general. I didn't know either. I just know when the monster came out of the middle, I tried to kill it. Okay, so I want to just clarify a point because I don't want to read yeah, tea yeah. leaves here. Yeah. I, wa- I wasn't at the event. The uh, you you had, you said this was one of the things that that I didn't like about these two games. Are you referring to the the, the, you, the very first game is what I didn't like? Um, okay, okay. But like looking back on it, I think it was more of just um, not paying attention to the rules or missing some of the rules or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, sure. so he introduced a mechanic that then carried over the runes specifically. Right. Or the mechanic that carried and over the second game. Also, okay. Okay. the way the point score happened, it just didn't do. It. This is the one minor thing that I would fix in that setup is that he had the monster hand over his helmet. And then, or well, so you killed the monster, then anyone can loot it. It was a looting 10 count to grab it, right? Right. And then you had to grab, take the helmet and bring it back to your base to score a point. 
Um, it was meant to go multiple times, but we took so long because we're bad now, I think is part of it. Um, uh, and we're all out of shape. That it was very evident. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, had to take the, the helmet back to your base. Now, because there's a slight disconnect between the flag and the helmet, people aren't thinking, you know, the same thing. And, and it's kind of a minor thing, but whatever you use in one, keep using the other. So instead of using the helmet, keep using the flails as the flags like they were in the second game is what I would suggest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, both of the games had runes. You did things with the runes with a book, and then you had a mechanic where you brought something to your base. All of the spawning was done in waves, and I... These I like that. I, I like cool. the waves, but at the same time, with I think the problem with the the games in general is just our space was real small. Yeah. Um, so the wave spawning made the uh, the people who won the engagement first have a big advantage because yeah. not only did they win, they got their backup there just about as yeah. You effectively as you, had a numbers advantage. Yeah, because even though the even, teams were even. Well, even you would have even, but you won, and then you won again, kind of because you didn't have to go anywhere really. Yeah. I like wave spawning if there's enough space. So it organically becomes a tug of war. Right. So like if one team has to flood over to the other side and it's like 300 feet long, right. Then whenever they die and come back in the wave, then the defending team automatically is strong and theoretically will fight back towards the middle. Right. Right. Yeah. So the, but in the second game, um, I liked the second game and I think you were, you were going somewhere with this. I don't want to speak for you, but no, the second game was set up like eye of the storm from world of Warcraft. The, okay. the first expansion where essentially you have four different objectives, right? There, there are four different points you can take and hold. The and graveyard, then, the sawmill, the, that's, that's Arathi basin. Yeah. Um, that's, I'm so bad. All yeah, the wow good. fans out there are going to be shaming me. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. But so you could capture these points, but then the thing was there was a flag in the middle and you had to take it to one of those points to cap it. Okay. So there were two ways to win. You could hold the ba- hold the most bases the longest and like the timer would start to trickle down mm-hmm. um, or you could cap the flag a certain number of times. Clover tried to do it. And I think that it, his, uh, it's like a minor tweak that'll make it better. And I think, again, space is really what would have changed that game, too. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, like, every spawn, you scored, I think, the number of bases that you had. Um, but you also scored multiple points for um, capturing, the, capturing flag. the flags. And there was monsters in the middle um, that had a spell ball that made you insubstantial, and then they could attack you while you were insubstantial. So if you were assassin and went insubstantial, you could get attacked by them and everything too. But the ball was claimed subdual and I was playing barbarian. So I said, I don't care about that. And so I couldn't be, you know, ripped out. So I just walked to the middle, <laughs> grab a flag yep. and walk backwards. I spent the entire game doing nothing but that. I'm See, picturing this like an old cartoon where like they walk in the middle and the barbarian sees his buddy hit and disappear and see someone else hit and disappear. And then he shrugs and walks over to the big monster there. And it's like, I don't know what happened to them, but you and I, are dancing. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. It it fades to Elseworld where they're being uh you know, their minds are being ripped apart by Wraith horrors or right. something like right. that. Right. So Agar was playing a monster and I don't know if all of them had the same abilities or anything. Um I think they did. Yeah. So he had terror and he was the only one who had uh cast terror on me, making me walk away. Occasionally I'd grab the flag before he got it finished. And if I if he did, then I kinda walked back and very ineptly scream through a two masks, basically, basically because I have my goblin stuff on too, and a regular mask uh, to get either Samix or Elenia to come release me because it was it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> but so you, okay, you were saying something. Well, so there there were two scoring mechanisms in this game, but essentially my team 
had said, well, we'll just hold all the points and surely to God will win. But they weren't valued as highly. So we held three of four points for almost the entire game and still lost because Teflon's team just kept you know, grabbing the flag, running so the bag. I they beat we, us by like eight. Yeah. So I think we had, we, <laughs> the, we also didn't understand that the runes were. This um, is why he's the squire. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> that the runes were everybody's runes. We, we, uh, we thought that it was our team's runes. So when Vidalia died with all of her runes closer to their base, they like gobbled them up and we couldn't capture things as easily anymore. Yeah. Um, so, cause I asked him how many can we carry? Cause we had, I don't remember. I think there was like 10 and, um, you need a two per base or something like that. To... This was the other thing okay. is our team thought yeah. we could only carry one rune at a time. And later Arif clarified and said, you can carry as many as you have hands. So we said, Oh, two runes. Okay, cool. And he got so, told he could bundle them all up in his fucking shirt like a flower girl. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, how many can we carry? Oh, more than two. Well, then I'll just carry all of them to the same spot yeah. and capture it and then methodically move on. Um, so that's what we were going to do. But whenever our, all our runes you know, got killed, then uh, that was a problem. Um, but we had three or four, uh, three of the, I think three of the four at 1.2. And I think you, you scored the amount of um, bases you had when you captured the flag or something. All I saw was this is an extra bonus point thing. And if I can walk back and forth and not do anything, that was easy, easy right. points. So, so the, the thing that I think would fix it is if you had to cap the flag at one of your captured points. Yeah. Well, I don't think it would have fixed it in that particular area because of the space, which would have been unfortunate. Right. But again, I think that is still the right way to go about it uh, overall and having the spawning still be the, the um, fifth and six points basically. Yeah. So space has been brought up like, two or three times at this point now, is this a situation where maybe like, uh, and I haven't talked to Clover uh, about this or anything like that, but mm -hmm. was this battle game developed with the idea that it would be done somewhere larger and then what oh, we were able to secure was not as large as it had initially? Maybe. I think it was conceptualized and then not really thought about space per se, um, but maybe he did and I just and he was like oh man I gotta set it up in this well, small space I don't know for sure the other thing yeah. too is we actually had more space the field we were fighting on was actually quite big but there were other people at the park yeah and we so had to we didn't take up the whole space because we didn't want to be dicks about there, it there so. was a sidewalk also that kind of went around the whole thing where we were or almost the whole battlefield so we kept oh, man. Uh, yeah we kept a lot of space between the the sidewalk yeah. and everything so we could still buy you know abide by easily six foot rules and stuff like that too. So. Yeah. Oh man. So remind me after we finish up with this, I, I want to tell you guys this cool thing that I was talking to Gillen about speaking of space mm -hmm. and appropriate, <laughs> appropriate combat space and stuff like that. But gotcha. Elseworlds, Elseworlds. Okay. Um, okay. So the uh, uh, two games total, uh, kind of three, the, the, th the three man rotating chaos was definitely one I would count yeah. towards it. Okay. Both the games went pretty long. Like when I say this was an entire day of battle games, like, I mean, we were playing, we had breaks in between and stuff, but like it was the majority of the time I think was spent playing. I think game. that was also good. Like, um, the, the break between the first game and the second game was a little more than I would have liked, but I think that was more, um, Clover just needed to have someone else help him set up. And I don't know if he got the help or, or what Yeah, happened. Aldrich was there. Um, um, I think cinnamon was helping him out too. It seemed like a, like, honestly, for, for like one dude running the whole thing and having people help him seemed like a pretty well-oiled machine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, not to knock Clover on doing anything because he's obviously doing great. Like, that's not the, the case. Like, this is the thing, like, for me is like... This is critique. Yeah, this is what I, I look at. I like to hear the bad things that happen right. in a game because I operate... I have never gotten like, 
hey, this part is really good. Like the spawning mechanics really cool. I've not gotten that stuff. I've only gotten complaints basically. Right. And so how I always take it is that, okay, if you complain about this, this is bad. I need to change this. But you didn't complain about these things. These are good things to keep around. Um, so that's what I look at. Yeah, yeah I mean, fair. it sounds like, uh, you know, outside perspective here, it sounds like both of you liked the the story of what was going on and things like that. It was just some of the mechanics were confusing either because you weren't listening or because you heard and weren't paying attention or because it wasn't clarified or whatever. And there was a little confusion on the parts so of the reads, I, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, that was, I think, how... Or how it was phrased. Like, if it's hard to do because, like, if you don't have it written out, like, right in front of you... Like, Chase is really good about having his, his battle games, like, in front of him and his write-up set up because I do this bad... Uh, quite often that I'll set up something and then I'll phrase something slightly different. And that semantics gives you the problems. Right. Um, so I think that something we could do as like a kingdom or even just like amp guard as a whole or in some ways or, or every kingdom or whatever, adopt their own way, but a standard way of how to explain the battle games, like here are the rules, here are the terrain rules, here are the things, here's the objective and go so that everyone can pay attention and you know what's going on. So would you would you subscribe to something like the rules could fit onto an index card that you could hand out to the to the reeve so if they needed a clarification they could you know pull it up real quick That's actually kind of cool um but at the same time like there's a lot yes in some ways the the only issue is like this is really dependent on who's playing and this is a, a perspective based kind of thing on kingdom versus local level and stuff like that too. Sure. Um, I, yeah. ELW is really battle game savvy and their park in general has a better grasp on the rules than most other parks. Sure. So they're able to add layers that a, like our park probably couldn't do easily because there's going to be two or three people maximum who would be like, okay, cool. I can do X, Y, and Z um, to do something. Yeah, right. and it and it almost becomes a um there there's a there's a thing in languages online where it's like the single space language problem where like okay perfect example um Twitter is way more popular in Japan and a big part of that is in the U S you're limited to 240 characters and that's not a lot for us in Japan you can type a lot with 240 characters as much as you really want to say oh, that's so cool. I had no idea that's really interesting yeah so so this becomes if you really know your rules and you're from a really battle game savvy park you can write on the index card skeleton per door and then that's it and whoever reads that from your park knows what the hell they're looking at right and if you showed that to me I'd go what's the door say about skeleton <laughs> I need to. Can you can you make it more? And then you can't fit as much, and it becomes like a, a limiting problem if you think of it just as an index card. Right. Sure. Uh, so I've been I need to actually sit down and do it with all the games I have written up, but I want to try and develop like a, a standardized thing, kind of like the Book of War, if you guys have seen it um, or not, in a something similar in the sense that you have a this is a battle game map, this is the objective, this is the spawn points, these are the listed things, and it's very um, mechanical and methodical on how it is done, so that it's very easy to follow. Sir Kazan said on the, on the very first episode of this podcast, he had a book of all the old games that they used to play in Neverwinter. Oh, yeah. And oh, that's like, cool. You should, you should maybe steal some from that and rebuild it. Oh, yeah. Well, so I, the, the kind of thing, like Glenalth um, was down at my house at... Uh, uh, a while back when him and Sarah were visiting. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I didn't know about like Amp Guard history was that Smith's um, used to be a guild. Like it didn't used to be an award. And now that it is an award, it's based on what the Smith's Guild did, which was 
you know, building battle games and things like that. Um, <laughs> so I had thought about kind of bringing that back to a certain degree, like a household that's built on it. And then well, the first thing you did was you made a book. Well, it could be digital or, or whatever, you know. Sure. Um, but you make your book with your stand on it on how you explain everything. You can use like, you know, Gorn's Book of War or whatever as a, a full rip template or whatever. Um, but like that's kind of the journey is like building your own book and build and being able to hand it off to someone. Make it your own chapter and put it all into one book. Yeah, absolutely. Call it the battle game Bible. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the Where the does plan. it say that? Well, in the first book of Jeff. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> It'd be cool because at the same time, like if if everyone's, you know, doing it in a similar way, then you can gather those things together and like, oh look, this one works really well. Or these are are ten and under. Uh, participant battle games that are obviously going to work. So you can hand this off to new parks in your group and stuff like that too. Like it's a really, it could be a really organic thing and uh, it'd be really cool to get, get going. Can I take us on a tangent? Yeah. I think, I think we can go to tangents now. We're, we're pretty much covered what's good. Okay. Um, The only other thing would be the, the dinner afterwards. There's some, some really good conversation that happened there, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to Olive Garden. Um, so this is something I, I think you and I were talking about it. I know I, I briefly spoke about it with someone, but they're doing V9 at some point. We'll yeah. see it. Um, and there's there's been some talk of, of levels not being relevant. And I think you said something like when you play a class, abilities unlock based on how many people are in the battle game. Yeah. So one of the problems we have with V8 is like barbarian is a busted class on a local park level with like five people aside or less. Right. Um, but it is a terrible class, uh, whenever it's a, a big, big battle game, they have so many downsides that they can't really compete with, you know, anyone who has enchantments and stuff like that. Right. They don't have a big enough ability. And if they did, they would be even more busted on a local level. Um, right. So like a, a kind of off the cuff idea I had was like you had abilities and stuff that unlocked do, uh, with the amount of players that were active. The The downside to that is like I can't really practice my kingdom level, you know, whatever for Bard or, or Barbarian or however it gets designed. If it was designed that way, I can't practice that except at kingdom level. That may be a blessing and a curse. I don't know. You know? Yeah, I think that's okay. It, it keeps people from becoming like professional bards. It doesn't, you know, rule out Paragon, but it does mean that like everybody's coming at it with some level of, of amateurism. Yeah. So I also, I don't know if I want to get rid of levels per se. Uh, they I need do. to. They need to be uh, lowered. The the in my opinion, they need to be gone. They, they can be gone, or what I'm saying is like uh, the equivalent to six level now takes two months. That's it. So that you sure. still have a, a progression with it. And this allows people to progress in multiple classes quicker so they can kind of get the... They don't feel wasted for the first month that they come out, basically. Maybe like... Uh, maybe have it to where it's sectioned off into just two levels and what we would consider one through three are all one level that you play yeah. for two months. Yeah, that would be perfect and as far as I'm concerned. Some progression, I think, is is necessary, but just the idea, um, because, so, so the idea of uh, limiting the abilities you have to how many people are on the field or even 
to the type of game that you are building. I still, I, type of game is harder because it's not standardized what kind of games are what across. Right. Well, the, this is. Have area. you looked at the surveys that they're doing for V9? I mean, some of them. Yeah, I've done. I've done all of them actually up to now. So there's four, I think, currently. But yeah. So the survey four has a lot of stuff about like battle gaming and reaving and and there's some. You know, there's one question on that that's like, what would you like to see more of? And I check the box for like, I would like more info on battle games, battle game types, and um, scenarios. Um, which to me indicates maybe that's something they're looking at for V9. Uh, potentially, but I, I, I doubt that was the, the way they were going about it in some Let ways. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think that if you get too much in there about specific battle games, that you start hamstringing people's uh, uh, ability to create something too, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, the people who are truly wanting to create are going to still create, but it may make it to where you know, someone gets a hold of their rule book and we can only play these games. And I don't really want that to be the case. Yeah, well, so what, what I was getting at, though, is there are already games that do this. Um, I'm, of course, speaking of video games, but Final Fantasy XIV does this, where if you go into an encounter that is not your level, the abilities that you can use are brought down to the appropriate level. Yeah, that's kind of what I was talking about with the, okay. the number of players thing, because that, that allows you to always have um, some sort of idea for balance. So you don't have like barbarian currently that, you know, is busted on a low level or low number stuff. And then whenever it gets to high level, high number of participants, it's really just not worth playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is it by the way that makes it not worth playing? Is it just the enchantments? The fact that they, um, they can't overcome as much like their, their abilities are cool. Like some of like the uh, blood and thunder is really good, but it's only twice per refresh. If yeah. refreshes aren't built into a game, then the barbarians like peter out really fast. Yeah, yeah. They, they spike super quick. Um, but if refreshers are built in the game, then things like druid become just bananas already more than they than they already are, right? Because then I just throw out all these enchantments and it's almost like I don't need to worry about holding them back or anything. I remember uh, one of the park games that you set up uh, for us to do where we had a little... Uh, we were fighting around the trees. We had a little bucket and we had to take the football and go put it in the bucket. It was really simple. But we had built it into where I think it was first to five. Uh, and it wasn't win by. It was literally just first to five. So you could theoretically have nine points total. Every two or three points, maybe it was every three points, we had a refresh. Yeah. Uh, mostly I did that because no one's really playing magic classes. Yeah, so, but Right. Yeah, because the, the thing about Amp Guard that's really fun for one of your selling points um, is that uh, you have these abilities that you can use multiple times and over and over again. But if you can't get them used, it's not as fun. Uh, I don't feel like anyway. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And I mean, there's plenty of ways that local stuff like that could get yeah. broken. Oh, you could have a bard that knew what they were, they were doing, recharging p uh, p some people abilities, and it could be it could get just as broken that way too. Yeah, absolutely. The, the point though is that this was a really fun game. Like I... I wasn't involved in any of the planning or prepping of how that battle game was going to work. Didn't know what refreshes didn't, did not understand at that time how powerful refreshes were right. and, and how to correctly use them. Right. And I still had fun, but we had people on the field that did understand at that, because this was several years back that we did this, right? Right. At, we did have people on the field at that time that did understand how powerful refreshes were. You understood beefy understood. Not that Tamlin guy though. <laughs> um, you know, uh, the, there were other people there that knew, uh, how powerful they could be. And it was still a lot of fun for me, someone who was very much on the outside at that time and did, was not comfortable or familiar with, 
uh, with any of the rules. So part of it is kind of the culture at your park. Yeah, too, that's going to be a thing too. And that's that's why I don't want too much information inside. Um, like I, I would want basic things like ring the bell or capture the flag or something like that mentioned and, and detailed pretty well. But I, I don't want to come to a point where like, this is the standard battle game. If anything is not this, then it's not competitive yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I mean, could you, and this is a question I don't have the answer to, could you not class battle games in some way? Example. Uh, so some, some battle games, you need to kill a big bad monster. So all of those fall under big bad monster. Oh, it's like WoW fights. You have your, you have your classic tank and spank. You have your, your shuffleboard or what yeah. was it called? D- musical chairs. Dance party. I yeah. Think. Dance party or whatever it was. So yeah, I, I see what you're getting at there. You can, cause this is one of the things that like Vash and I both agree on is, is that there is mechanics done already for us in multiple areas, right? And all we have to do is yeah. rip them and reskin them and we can put it in the amp guard no problem. You don't really have to think about too much about your core mechanics as long as you can apply them to the game. Yeah. Um, like a, a Destiny 2 raid or something like that could easily be grabbed and put in. Um, oh, I like that. But uh, it, you have to think about how the classes and stuff are going to interact. And that's really the hard part about game design on a really well-designed game is that the classes don't break too well or too bad. Um, like getting a game designed where insubstantial is really busted is kind of annoying whenever not all classes have an ability to to deal with it, you know? Yeah. And if the, the blessing and curse of, of V8 is that things are trying to be balanced one-on-one, one-to-one, I still think that the... Um, the magic classes are really like 1.5 to two to one. Um, and we just need to lift the martial classes up a little bit is all. Yeah. They, there was something proposed about archetypes. So like warrior had an archetype and I forget what it did. And uh, yeah, I think the, the, uh, I don't remember what I called them, but like the, the capstone abilities, like for Druid, there's avatar and nature and, and summoner and stuff like that. I think that all of the martial classes deserve to have those things too. So like, I don't know, scout could be like, skirmisher and they get specialty javelins or something that they normally don't get to use javelins but that one did with some kind of like downside like minus one point of armor or they lose some of their abilities or something like that yeah Hmm. that would be cool i think i don't think you class battle games i do think that's wrong i I think i'm wrong about that i think no i I still think it's there because sorry i totally forgot uh, because i got on tangent but like you can still kind of get them it's sometimes it's like bring a thing to a thing or yeah well i guess i'm saying i don't i don't think you should like build the classes and how they work around a category. Oh no. Yeah. Like no, uh, b- balancing that around number of players makes sense. Balancing that around a play type still, you, you, can you, still run into, you still run into problems yeah. because of how many people can actually realistically play in that play game type. Basically. Yeah. I, I found two free brain cells and rubbed them together and realized <laughs> that. that no, but I still think classing the, the, the things, cause that's again, like with the Smith thing I was talking about, uh, you could still do, that was one way to organize them. You could organize them and these are capture the flag style things. These are capture the point style things. These are, uh, kill the big bad evil guy things and stuff yeah. like that. So it's not necessarily um, a bad idea. It's just a different place. I feel like. Can we spend more time talking about how classes shouldn't uh, shouldn't have levels? Oh hey. Oh yeah. They again like the one and two <laughs> level thing would be really great or no levels at all. I, I, to some degree, I really think it insults the intelligence of new players. To uh, to some degree, there are a lot of interactions in our game. So like I understand the progression, but the problem is is they. I always felt like 
I couldn't do anything for two, four months realistically until I hit a level that was really, that I got like a key ability. So yeah, it seems arbitrary. We're sitting here talking about battle game stuff and it, it gave me this, uh, gave me an idea. I was thinking, uh, of handing out cards, numbers, colors, something like that to everyone. So say everyone has, uh, cards would be a good example. There's four suits, right? So you have four different things going on. And in, in the fight, the big bad fight, they can control. And so when they control everyone that is a spade, suddenly... Oh, that's actually really cool. I and, like that. And yeah. you don't have to immediately... I, I mean, it turns into a backstab uh, fight, which can right. be not fun, but something along those lines. Hey, let me ask you a, a question outside of my dumb idea for a battle game. Are we going to see more... Uh, Maya Mayhem or something like that. I know that you had a crew that you were doing it with and that's kind of, a lot of them have kind of drifted or moved or something. So kind of touching on something we talked about actually at Olive Garden in some ways. Um, fighting companies are more or less dead like in Winter's Edge right now. Like there's no reason to have a fighting company. In other Amp Guard. Just, yeah, well, I don't know. It depends on on kingdom, other kingdoms and stuff. I, I can see where they have, like uh, I think Rising Winds has the Circle of Steel they which do. is like the the captains of all of the the um, fighting fighting companies. companies, yeah, gather and then they kind of like discuss what games they want to do and how they want the formats for them and stuff like that, so that no one company's trying to like accidentally put it in favor to them or maliciously put it in favor to to them or something like that. Um, and it's like an agreed upon rules thing. I think is really good. Um, but yeah, so I was going to try and do it. I think last year, yeah, it was last year. But then triad practice became. Uh, the same tentative weekend that I had planned. Um, and so with the triads gone, like right now or at that time, realistically, the only two fighting companies that was like big was Seraphim and Triads. Right. There's still like, um, what is it? The Zodiacs. And then my, my company at the time was the, was Maelstrom. Um, who are the yellow and black? Uh, they're the revolting. I don't remember if they were, yeah, yeah, they were a thing at that time too. That was what I wanted to do is even bring those four That's groups. That's what they're called. Yeah. I was just like, at ah, Clover's Fighting Company, whatever that <laughs> one is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bring like those guys together and play games. So the Mayan Mayhem plan was to do like a ditch battle, a militia battle, and a class battle. And then each of them were assigned points, like three points for the the class battle, two points for the, the militia battle, and one point for the ditch battle or something like that. And you would get points for if you won the full section of it, basically, right? And uh, and me and uh, Samix, I can't remember if I approached Samix or Samix approached me, but we have we have some tentative things for a Mayan Mayhem uh, at the moment. I my thing with with games is I like props because I think it's cool to have the visual. Yeah. So I've got the you new have, walls. Yeah. How, what list your props for us, real quick? Oh, we don't we have don't. enough time yeah. for all of that. <laughs> I just, no, the, you're the his, carrot top of his, Amphgard. His oh, basement, man, that's I'm so sorry. amazing. I love it. His, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> his basement is, oh, or yeah, no, we need to do that. Now. Um, <laughs> no, his basement's full, man. It, it's And the crawl space underneath is full. Yeah, and I got a bunch of stuff. Mostly, um, so like the walls take up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think I've got, so each section of a wall is uh, six foot tall by eight foot wide. Yeah. Um, so it blocks vision for most people, not flow though. Um, <laughs> hey Chuck, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so each section of that, uh, I've got, 
um, I think it's six, seven, eight, eight to nine sections of that stuff. And depending upon the PVC connectors that you use to set the walls up, you can kind of make them make different sizes and shapes and stuff like that too. So um, my idea with the walls was actually to do like a CSGO uh, style bomb plant. I love game. this so much. Do um, it. Like you have two sites that you can plant the bomb on. And then once it's planted, it has to be diffused within X amount of time. Can I be the bomb? So, um, I don't yes. like humans no, no, no. typically. Yes. So, okay. So my original <laughs> idea was to have like, um, Paya made a, uh, a dynamite stick. I remember I, this I, I in made the, one in the too. treasure chest. I, I don't remember if it was in treasure chest or not, but yeah, he made he one. It was several, um, fun noodles just kind of taped together and then yeah. had rope that went in them and then tied on the top. And it looks straight up like a comical uh, cartoon dynamite uh, like bundle. Like Acme Dynamite. Yeah, Acme remember, Dynamite yeah. bundle. So I made one of those too. So my thing was with that, like normally everyone's like, oh, you have to have a free hand and blah, 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 and this, that, and the other for carrying the item. And I was like, nah, screw that. You can hide it behind a shield and do whatever. Because the idea was that the defenders didn't know where the attackers are necessarily, or the bomb for the attackers, because you can have someone sneak off and go plant it somewhere else. Um, but... <clears throat> But as soon as you died and you had it, you had to literally toss it in the air and then drop it. So there's a big visual cue on it. And then the defenders knew that it was dropped. They can yell to their other team. They can come across. And and the, with the walls, what I want to do with them is have a visual or a line of sight blocking thing. So you literally have to communicate like through a back channel to your team. So you're having to do a lot more uh, communication. It's not just like scan the area. Uh, there's the objective. You guys are both... You guys have both uh, been around long enough to remember this, but we used to do a lot of park battle stuff. Um, I remember specifically going up to, was it Hawks Point? Hawks Point was one of them, yeah. Yeah, where we had the, the, the huge battle up there. Now, I understand that there's problems because, you know, different parks will bring different amounts of people to an event and the the we skill actually level on this slightly. <laughs> yeah. And, and the skill level from one park to another can be very different as well. I mean, our, you doing okay over there, bud? <laughs> I muted my mic so I could adjust my chair. You ruined the illusion. <laughs> now the, everybody has to hear the, the scoots and the, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, uh, it's concrete floor you're on there. Oh, sorry. Um, no. So there's, there's also a skill gap from park to park and, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm not being mean about this, but I mean, radiant Valley, our average tenure per player is something like 13 years at this point. Yeah, but we totally in a class game get busted by Yale W. Oh, yeah. we would. <laughs> we absolutely would. And and I would and I think that they probably even if they had fewer people, if they had a third the people that we would, I they'd think we probably, could probably they'd sp- probably yeah. still bust us, right? Well, look at that the other way too. We would get busted in a class game by the folks at Buccaneers Respite, but they haven't been playing long enough. They're all level 2. Yeah. Right. But they're so, smarter than we are about how they use their classes. They just aren't level six yet. Yeah. Right. So again, get rid of or lower class levels like a lot. (laughs) But is there, is that idea worth reforming? Yeah. So we, this is one of my favorite, um, like battle games that I, I swear I wasn't in. there. I don't know what you guys you talked about at Olive Garden. <laughs> were there. I know, right? You were here for the, 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 the battle game, but yeah. one of my favorite battle games is I don't remember exactly how the teams were split, but I know I was a triad at the time. And then you, I, you could team up with your uh, fighting company. And I don't remember if numbers were placed on them or anything for this particular one. It's the flag battle one and never winner. Um, oh, but yeah. like, Every team had a flag, and the flag, I think that they were provided, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, 
Was Maybe. this the one on the baseball field? Yes. The the one where I had to strip all of my clothes off and run around half naked? You, you didn't do that, but yes. <laughs> no, no, I did. You don't oh, remember. No, I the, don't remember. The fire ants. Oh, no, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah no, I was I was wearing a lot of... Uh, 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 a lot of quilted garb that I yeah. had made, my the first tri- quilted triad garb that I made, and I I got legged and I had all the flags, but they didn't know it because we were allowed to hide them, and so I just sat there. Right, and I'm like, but trying- the, the problem was is no one realized it except for like a couple of us, me being one of them, that if they had a flag, there was a reeve near them with a timer. Yes. So you, all you had to do is look in, for the reeves in that battle. I remember uh, Roger, Roger Shrubstaff. Uh, of Winter's Edge, uh, the uh, uh, was standing beside you for while you sat there with, I'm gonna say twelve flags on the field for I don't know how long, and everyone oh, yeah, just no. kept wandering. As soon as around. I grabbed flag, like I grabbed a bunch of them, and then I just darted to a corner and I stood in the shade in the corner, hoping no one would pay attention. Well, it's a hundred degrees because it's Florida too. Yeah. So, and they stood there. At no point were you like you were standing there. I wasn't trying to hide them or yeah, anything no, like that. Nothing. No. And, uh, but no, so at a different point in that same day, there was a big battle. Lots of people died. I lived, but I don't think anyone else on the team did. And I picked up the flags, but I was legged. And I think you had to have, you weren't allowed to kill yourself and all of the team was dead. It was something weird like that. But so I was sitting out in the middle of the field with a reef sitting beside me with all of these flags. Right. And my, uh, my new quilted that I had made, the crotch had totally ripped out, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I, I'm, I don't know how long I sit there, but I finally I feel a bite. I'm, it's Florida, right? You know, mosquitoes everywhere and stuff like that. And uh, so then I feel another one and another one. And I realize, I look down and realize that I'm on a fire ant mount. And so I just ripped off everything that I was wearing in the middle of the field and I went screaming towards the, uh, the little. Uh, See, I think right before that though, like alligator before you lagoon, got the, yeah. the the fire ants. Like I ran by you and either picked up or dropped off all the flags. I can't remember for sure because like I think you picked them up because I think that's when you went over to the corner. Yeah, we maybe were trying so, to do a handoff. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah. So the the general idea of the game is like you have multiple teams and you got to choose which team you were on. And if you didn't have an association, then you could be a part of the militia. Um, one of the times someone uh, who has been banned late, uh, semi-recently um, had a team and he brought all of these sashes that had the Decepticon logo on it. And I was on a different team at the time and I was really mad because I wanted a Decepticon sash. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so you had the, you had uh, like the triad team, I think the Seraphim team, you had the, um, what is it, Phoenix Guard or something like that, yeah, I think. Yeah, that was Russ's company. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't remember if there was another fighting company there at the time. I, th- I think there was, and then a militia. I think there was five teams. And again, it was get the flag, hold the flags. You get so you get um, points, or you, you, you whoever held the most uh, time on flags. So like I could hold yeah. each one for five minutes, and that's a lot of points, you know, basically. So yeah. Um, that was the game. And so those games, I think, still can't exist in this setup. It's just we don't run them for some reason. I think we're really stuck on um, it's a one side versus another competitive-ish game or it's like you've got some random things that are happening and it's a little teams kind of thing that isn't like a cohesive competitive thing. And I think that some of that needs to come back. And if that comes back, we have a chance to have fighting companies that mean something again. Um, other than just, hey, this is a group of friends. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it's fighting companies. One of the deaths of fighting companies in our game, and I'm going to say our game, not just our kingdom, mm-hmm. um, is that uh, they, over time, they tend to fold in on themselves. Um, so you have situations where, and some of our, our listeners may not know this, but the triads were originally rogues and they were known as the Florida rogues. And the three original captains broke off from the rogues for their own personal reasons. And they formed the triads and then they started bringing people in and we brought quite a few people in. And then, uh, the seraphim broke off from the triads for their own personal reasons. And now we have the seraphim and the triads and things like that. Justicars broke off from rogues as well. Uh, you had this one big company and then splinter companies fall out from that, right? Well, over time, those will start to disappear. Uh, and uh, you end up in the end, in most kingdoms, I feel like, with one, uh, with two to three, I won't say one, but two to three companies. You'll have some other smaller companies going on, right? But People for people don't want to join those smaller companies, or well, I mean, this is this is a conversation I've had with with Beefy, not Tamlin. Um, yeah, that guy's a jerk. <clears throat> what a dick! Um, but essentially, it becomes, you know, in in spe- specifically for Winter's Edge, you have the Seraphim and the Triads. Those are the two big companies. And let's say that I join um, Teflon's company, the Maelstrom. Maelstrom. Um, so I, I joined the Maelstrom, right? <laughs> he just, he rolled his eyes at you. I'm sorry. So I great. was drawing a fucking blank. <laughs> so, you know. No, the eye roll is because it really doesn't exist again at the moment. So well, I'm the company killer. Well, you, you are. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say that I joined the Maelstrom. And then let's take this fictional scenario further and say I get really good at fighting. One of those other two companies is going to try to scoop me up. If I hit my ninth warrior out of fucking nowhere, Sometimes. the triads, we don't. So this depends on the company's rules, though. Like there's several companies that won't poach. They won't. They won't go to another company. I actually wanted to use my Maelstrom as like a, a a farm team, so to speak. Like get them off the ground so that they can go to whatever company they wanted sure. to. Like um, I like the idea of that, but then you're going into it knowing that, right? Right. So the Maelstrom could never be a super competitive company. Yeah, but at the same time, you have people like me who are just laid back who eventually just stay. Like Walbaron yeah. and I, that was kind of our thing. Is like everyone who's always been in it or who has been in it is always welcome to come back. There's no like strings attached. That kind of guy. Thing. I yeah. know. Yeah. Well, and you can talk about not poaching all you want, but if I get to my ninth warrior and I've I've got real potential, the the not poaching thing becomes okay. We're not technically poaching, but like. I do happen to have an extra set of garb in my car that's your size, bud. I'm yeah. not going to say you should leave your company, but if you ever did, right, it's right here. It's like it's like Hosher does with Teflon all the fucking time. <laughs> okay, We're like, but, we wouldn't poach anybody, but also if you ever want to come back, there's garb for you. Yeah, okay. Hosh does, uh, along with other people, mm-hmm. do say that uh, about, uh, about you. And they say it about Jay too. But again, this is a situation where they were in the company at one point, right? It's, it's different. Listen, I'm not it's saying... It's either a no poaching rule or it's not. Uh, no, uh, it is, <laughs> it, that is not the way that, that it works. And, and I'll, I'll say too, that this is, this is also some like light joking and teasing among friends right. and stuff like that. Uh, though you guys should, should come back, but I mean, <laughs> uh, so, so let's look at this too. Like, I, I think that I could argue that there's really only one large fighting company in, uh, in Winter's Edge. Yeah. It's Seraphim. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, so, so here's why I say this. 
When was the last time that the triads, my, my own company, fielded a team for a battle game? When was the last time that we fielded something in a quest? Well, that's also the kind that's of the last thing. Time had a reason to. Right. That's there, there's that too. That's what I want to. Uh, me and Samix were were talking about the new Mayan Mayhem is trying to provide a reason for companies to do something in a scale that allows newer companies also to participate in. So like a five to eight player battle game type uh, mechanic or something like that. So like a you don't have to try and get your whole damn team there, and b it allows uh, you know smaller groups to actually compete or try to compete at least. Yeah, yeah, I get that, and I get the whole like, oh, you have a reason. Like you've you've introduced a competitive uh, 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 journey, uh, like a competitive goal for this company to go to. But you were there. We didn't need a reason to participate in all of those battle games that we did before. We didn't need a reason for you and Jay to sit down and come up with the best scenario for winning banner wars, which involved creating because they had no stipulations on how a flag worked, oh, yeah, creating we a 50 concrete. pound concrete flag <laughs> yeah. or something like that. We did it. We did it because we wanted to be known as one of the best fighting units in the game, in but, our kingdom. But we did have them targeted. We targeted Rackus for, for jugging at one point. We targeted banner wars, although we never competed at one point. And then we, um, before the, the flag battle game we were talking about earlier, we had to all have some sort of armor at that point too. Everything was targeted to some degree. And I think that's what actually is lacking, um, for the triads and, 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 you know, specifically is that a, a, a goal, an end goal to, to compete for or to move towards. Right. I'll, I'll put this out there. Um, when, when Rutger Hauer died, I guess this was last year now, we said we're going to have a day of jugging we at did, Radio yeah. Valley. Oh, it was great. And more triads than I've seen in a long time came out for that. If I took the rest of my reign and said, every month we're going to have a jugging tournament at a randomly selected park and it's going to be company-based, do you not think some See, of this is where I think the there? circle of steel type thing can yes, really come into play. Like if you, if all the captains were like, no, we want to do jugging. Jugging is a cool thing. You guys don't need kingdom permission to do it. You right. can run your own league. You can be yeah. like, all right, this month it's, you know, triads versus Seraphim or it's the Zodiac versus the revolting or something like that. Like yeah. it can be done. It doesn't like, this is, this is, another, yeah, it doesn't like, have tangent. to be by the kingdom. Yeah. This is another tangent that I get off on that, that, you know, everyone's like asking permission to do stuff. Like whenever I was regent last term, I had people asking me, hey, I had this really cool idea. Can I do it? And I'm like, why would you ask me yeah. if you can do it? Just go do it. If I it's a cool idea, just do it. Like, I, I don't do understand this, this permission. Yeah, you can. Thing. Yeah, like, like I ran Mayan Mayhem because I was like, ah, the games are kind of stale at the Kingdom event, so I'm going to try and do something as a day event, and that's where Mayan Mayhem started. But this so, is this is a personality thing too for you I because mean, sure. you're very much an ask forgiveness instead of permission sort of guy. Not even for forgiveness. And, <laughs> and, but some people some people aren't like that. Some people are very much like a, they would like permission or they want to make sure it's not going to interfere with something that you're doing. It's the asking part. I don't necessarily have a problem with, but and I know that this is going to sound somewhat contradictory. I don't have a problem with people stopping and asking, but I'm also kind of of the same mind that you are. That if you have this cool thing. Maybe it, it should be phrased in a way that like I want to do this cool thing. It, when can I do so, it? Yeah, it's not so much asking permission. Like I don't like the asking permission part. I right, like the right. heads up. Hey, I want to do this thing. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it here. That gives both parties be like, oh man, I was about to do something on this date or this time frame or whatever. Can we work it out? That's totally different to me. Google Calendar is fucking free. Yeah, and right. I'm going yep. to say as a monarch right now, I really have like four things in any term that I have to do, and. 
during not COVID times, one of my responsibilities in the first 30 days is to put out a calendar of events. Sure. So if you work around that, I don't give a shit what you do. People yeah, come 100%. to me, can I do this turn? Can I do an ANS thing online? I'm like, yeah, I'd love it if you did that. Yeah, please. Also, do you need my help? No. We should 100% sick. continue ANS online at tournaments and yes. stuff like that. Past COVID, even you know when we're meeting together and stuff like that too. Absolutely. That's something else that came up at the Olive Garden, but I want to get back to the 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 fighting companies and if we give you know if we build it will they come and i think the answer is is yes that's where i'm having a hard time with because i don't know for sure because that so xander um from uh i don't remember if it's technically Bellagarth or if it's uh another uh, uh or if it's dagger here i don't remember what his his main game is i think um, it's i think it's dag but he did a lot of stuff where they I'm had wrong. the four horsemen tournaments and stuff like that, where it is like units versus units in their game. Um, and one of the things that I think Amp Guard in general doesn't do well is to maintain the um, good rivalries uh, very yeah, well. They, they so always become like kind of sour. One of the stupid things that we did um, whenever I was playing soccer was that uh, you know you'd always at the end of the game you'd line up and then you'd go you know shake, uh, shake hands, hands high five, high five whatever, whatever yeah. you know I think we need to start doing that kind of stuff um, when it comes to the competitive games like occasionally you'll see people do it because there there are some who have that ingrained from whatever sport or whatever and some of it may be just like you know some people haven't played sports so they don't even know that that exists right you know, or something yeah. like that. So, like, I think we need to establish that kind of Are culture. Are you insinuating that Amped Garters might not have played a sport growing up? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like, as a person who's never been particularly good enough to be in a fighting company, I still love the idea of company battles. Like, I, I enjoy them quite a bit. Like, the ones we did in Florida were super awesome because, like, if my company or if my, my unaffiliated team managed to take out a good chunk of Seraphim. Like, yeah, that was a see, bragging right for everyone. Yeah, right. I mean, I had that kind of thing. One, Another one very similar to that flag battle we were talking about earlier, like the the old uh, evil French team before I was a triad. You know, it was the Saracens, the triads, the um, the Decepticon team, and then the evil French, you know. Yeah. And me and Lexi rolled the crap out of the Seraphim team almost single-handedly, and that was a really cool feeling. And I think those can still be rep reproduced again, like, the multi-teamed battles is still a good thing that can happen. It, who who was it? You, you mentioned they got banned. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this. Who, who was it that did it? It was Brennan. Brennan brought no, all no, wait, the... Brennan was? Yeah. It, it, was, it, it was, was who? It was... <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> I think we timed it like shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he... That he was had, way loud. I <laughs> turned it really, down really right really now. So, <laughs> so to anyone that's listening to this on headphones or something, I'm so <laughs> sorry. There's no way I'm going to be able to fix that. The post. warning can't <laughs> come afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> we could totally fix it and post. Just cut and yeah, I'll just, just I'll just cut it. it all out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just make yeah. a dead noise. Um, but yeah, again, I th I think that's something that can be done. And again, I was talking with uh, Vash about this uh, or Chase um, a little while ago. Is that like um, Vash does really good like one team versus another games. Clover yeah. does like some interesting different perspective games right and then usually what i try and do is, is multiple team games i like the aspect of having three plus teams competing for something at the same time um and i think that mix is important and i think we have lost some of the mix of the three plus team thing and i think that also lends to um the the fighting company thing because also at the same time like how often does the entire Seraphim get to field a team together or something like right. that, right? Like, even if it was just Seraphim versus World, that would be really cool for, I think, everybody, yeah. you know, or something like that, too. 
So Beefy had, um, not Tamlin, had a really cool boat battle that he did. Oh, man, those boats are cool. That could be an awesome three-person game. Yeah, I think it was actually a three-person team game. Yeah, it was. Um, it was, was a three-team three game. Team, yeah. yeah, I said three-person, which would be very boring. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he... I, so I, I feel I feel really bad. Again, props are awesome. They they really are. I, I feel really bad about that, too. So Beefy Not Tamlin was, was given an award... Uh, for the, a very well deserving award, not just for that single game, but for other games that he's uh, that he's run too, and and, uh, yeah. and cool stuff that he's been doing. So, I was cleaning out my garage and uh, sitting right over there uh, on my bookcases that you guys can't see right now uh, is an award where he was given his the exact same rose uh, that he was awarded for all of the uh, uh, the work. Uh, no, that's going to be all my old stuff, man. Yeah, that big <laughs> stack right there, that's all my... I mean, Lexi and I both thumb. have... Um, or we have. She actually kept all of our awards, and it's in like a, a three-ring binder thing, but we have a bunch of old awards from, you know, 2006 or something like that, too. Like, we have, I think, Dale's Third Warrior or something like that. Yeah, like, right. it's ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, so he's he has gone and found the, uh, the paperwork here. It came from Neverwinter. It was not entered into Orc. Uh, it actually came from an old... Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's just a, a photocopied Kingdom of Neverwinter page. It actually came from Squinty, who was a Winter's Edge person. Oh, yeah. We were lazy early games. Yeah. We, we were. <laughs> bad. So I felt, I felt really, really bad when I, when I found it. We weren't in the habit of, uh, of entering awards way back then, uh, the, the way that we do now, and, and didn't have the, the system. So, uh, it, King, is there anything that we can... I, so, and I, I don't want to go off <laughs> on a tangent. Putting me on the fucking spot well, here, bud. No, no, really? I know. And I, I also don't want to go off on a tangent on the whole, like, who knows whether if that had already been entered, the king at the time, which was Anomaly, uh, would have would have thought, you know, it was worthy of the, the next level or something uh, like that. I'll turn an award wreck for it. The, the guy has done yeah, just, more than enough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm looking this. <laughs> he got his sixth in January of 2013. It's it's laughable. It really, it, yeah. Given the I'm amount of work that the guy really does, sad. given the the amount of work that the guy does and, and things like that, it really is laughable that it was that it was that long. So put in a word, Rex people. Uh, it's important uh, for your friends. Yeah, and hype your friends up. This is this is something that we gotta fix, especially hot Teflon up. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, but yeah. So hey, beefy, if you're listening to this, uh, not Tamlin. And you want, yeah, not Tamlin, that guy's a jerk. Uh, and, and you want your other uh, sixth, um, then, and, and I want to say too, all of us have had awards that were double awarded. I, I actually think that I have four, fourth or fifth dragons, whatever dragon I'm on right now. And it's because for a long time, we were bad at giving award, or like, giving a we were bad at entering awards. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Well, we, I mean, we also potentially lost data whenever the orcs move orc stuff moved. We did. I think people yeah. lost credits. I don't know if they lost awards. I don't know. If, that was whenever I was on my break. <laughs> so I don't know how bad it was on the move and everything my, like that. I yeah. was prime kingdom prime minister for, I don't know how many times and my credits are still messed up. I never fixed them. Like when they did the transfer, I am six level in all classes except for monster, the paladin, anti-paladin classes, and... I think Druid or something. Silly. Yeah, and Druid. Yeah. Uh, the Because uh, I started signing in as Druid to get it. <laughs> um, and when it, when everything got transferred over uh, on Orc, uh, like, I had 
something like 800 credits in Wizard after the transfer. Yeah. And it got fixed somewhat in that like they some of them got moved over to color and some got moved over to other classes but yeah i'm like a level four color and i don't remember ever signing in yeah, right before. do you think some of that might be because a lot of times you either sign in as beer or zeb's dad oh i started signing in as as uh those because i had maxed everything out except for uh druid so <clears throat> okay um and it was because i hated uh druid at the time yeah. <laughs> it was was busted still busted. Yeah, it was busted <laughs> still busted. I viewed Druid as a nothing but a a, a an enchantment candy class and yeah, they I also have golem now. I hated that. I hated that idea. Um I mean, you could do some crazy stuff with Druid back in the day too like you could go bow and then use what was it shillelagh or something like that that would increase wooden weapons damage. No, it was uh, it was magical projectile and, in 7. You could add And then get like an 8 it. or 9 point Yeah, arrow. but it was useless in God. some ways because Archer was already shooting that as stock. Yeah, you know, I know. from their long bows cuz they had distinctions. That was really bad. Yeah. Um but yeah, no. So um we we went off on this tangent on awards and I don't even remember what uh uh oh what originally yeah it was make sure you put your requests or recommendations rather in for your friends and yeah and especially for Teflon I think it said that and um <laughs> but yeah no the uh, uh the battle game thing I think is uh is a big deal for non company and company I hope that it could be, uh, um, I hope that it could be reformed in some way that companies will begin showing interest in it again. But the, the point that I was originally trying to get at before I went off on that long tangent was the people in that company also kind of have to have some level of investment too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, and that's again where I was like kind of going with the culture aspect too, is like the, yeah. And why I think a circle of steel kind of thing is actually a really cool idea. Um, but you have to have people who are willing to commit to it on all ends. So, I mean, it, it's not that I don't, I'm not beating up on, on my company. I, I'm really not. I know that it kind of sounds like I, I am. am, but <laughs> there was a culture shift in the company at one point where things like, and we've talked about this on the show before, but tournament fighting and things like that became more important. It is a completely different aspect of the game. It is its own monster it it has its own set of mental stresses and criteria and all kinds of other stuff, right? We shifted at some point to focus more on that. We do we started doing our to fives and to tens and uh, and recording them and and watching them and having other f- members of the company critique them and stuff like that. Specifically because we wanted to win tournaments and produce sword knights, right? Um, and though that does not have to come at the cost of also liking to, to, to do battle games and things like that. It's still time that's spent that's different, so it's not a focus. Right. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Um, and, and I'm not excluding myself from this group either. I am a part of that fighting company. I also am guilty of all of the things that I was just now uh, talking about, Right. For the longest time, I mean, anyone that saw me at um, at Kingdom level events knows that I wasn't out there competing in the battle games, and for a very, very long time, I was in every single battle game. 
Yep. Um, and uh, because it it just wasn't something that really interested me uh, as much. And then when I started to get really interested in it again, um, part of which was because of some of the work that you were doing, Teflon, um, I, uh, there was a new rules set to learn and I'm kind of, I make Old. fun of, yeah, well, I kind of, we, we kind of <laughs> make fun of the age thing a little bit, but, and I'm not, I'm really not that much older than you guys, but I am very much like an old dog and new tricks in, in many ways when it comes to stuff like this, right? Yeah. I'm intimidated by having to go. I, I had an almost encyclopedic knowledge of six and seven. Uh, I, I did, I put in my time. I did the work to learn all of the crazy loopholes and, and everything. I enjoyed learning new ones that I hadn't thought of before. And, um, I didn't put that that work into eight, and I I don't want to. I didn't want to, and I don't want to now. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe when nine comes out, um, I will, uh, I, I will want to to put that work in because now that I know that nine is on the way, well, it's not necessarily quote unquote on the way either. Like it's, there's we're a still team, looking at a few years, like before it's, it's minimally in my opinion like two years at least. But I don't want to learn an entire rule book with two years of partial COVID. Well, uh, it's right. Also, yeah. That's, that's, I was kind of le- lending credence to your argument without realizing it, but like knowing that V nine is maybe two or three years out. And if you don't know the rules now, why the fuck learn them? Like I never want to, I never want to say, don't go learn the rules. There's a lot of fun that could be had between now and then. And there's no point missing out on it, but also I don't want to go learn the rules. Again, I know that's hypocritical, but... Well, let's say we're a year out from a, from a new rule set coming in, right? Let's, let's fast forward a little bit. You're a year out from a new rule set coming in, and you have a newbie that shows up. And they're like, oh, I want to start leveling Bard. Well, fucking why? Don't level something that's going to just be solid throughout every... You know, like, I mean, Warrior, kind of pointless if you don't have armor, but like at least it's got some value and it doesn't change too much from version to version. Bard changed completely from from seven to eight. So if, if a newbie comes out with a year left, they're not going to hit six by then. What the fuck is the point of you learning a class that historically has become worse from, from patch to patch, I guess we'll call it because they like bards. I mean, fine, but play a druid and just wear fancy clothes. Well, that's honestly why I don't <laughs> really like the names of the classes on them because they're really just a bunch of mechanics that you can apply whatever to. But it's it's really difficult to kind of be like, oh, this is class option A. That's a really good sell. Yeah. Well, so we mentioned kind of archetype or archetypal stuff, but we were talking about it in a different context. Would this would be a huge change? Um, I know, but would you be more in favor of something like the? melee i know that's a bad name but martial classes and instead of having warrior and barbarian and x and y and z and p and q it's more like you can hand pick from this set of abilities the way that you would then like to play it. i actually think that could be something or something similar to like uh, path of exile or something like that i was about to say path of exile like a tree that you can build out into i think that would be really cool the downside is amp guard is really good for i look across the battlefield and i see a yellow sash i can pretty much know that there's going to be about four different ways that they're going to do stuff. Right. right. So it takes away from that and um, potentially makes the game a less competitive thing. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but some people really, you know, like the, the competitiveness of it. So I think we lose a little bit of what Amp guard at least was not necessarily 
you know, I don't like tradition for tradition's you sake, could. but uh, one of the main things is the sashes and stuff and why a lot of times we don't look at new classes because there's only so many colors and things like that too. So like we have a lot of problems with adding something like that, I feel like. Well, but you could also, you could it's still... It's a huge rework. You could still have that though and it would very much be like how talent trees are in World of Warcraft. If you see a, a, a warrior running across, you know, wielding two big ass swords, you know he's not a protection warrior. So in the same way, if I see a melee fighter and he's holding a javelin, you know, then I know he's not wearing more than three points of armor. I mean, if the trees it's designed well, yes, yeah. but, but it becomes like, you know, did he throw the javelin already? So what do I expect? You know, because this yeah. is a, kind of the weird or, thing, you know. The skill tree I- example I thought was maybe, a, a, though I like the, the Warcraft one, was, was maybe a better one for me because you could start, everyone could, all of the classes are on the same tree. You're right. just starting at a different place. And by taking Scout in this one, you get your class sash and you have well, a I mean, list of things that are very likely going... You, that's you what I would actually prefer paths, to go right? to in some ways where you basically have a magic... Like like the, the magic classes exist right now with you know five points per level and then you can buy capstone archetypes that allow you to do extra stuff with the cost of something else. Doing that, the exact same thing for the martial classes, I think is a perfect thing too. You potentially could trim down the number of sashes and then introduce yeah. new classes that way if you if you did it correctly, you know. And so that is definitely an option, and it still maintains the whole. I look over, I see a white sash, I know roughly what they're going to do, or a red sash or whatever, uh, which I think is still good. And I think that's what's really good for our game, given it's a honestly, it's it's basically World of Warcraft in the sense of the battle games are nothing but the BGs and, and those types of games. Um, because we don't have a unified story arc. We don't have these things. Um, and that is fine. I feel like it's one of the things that separates us from DAG and it separates us from the, the local level LARPy LARPs or, uh, lightest touch or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Well, what about if we took, so let's look at cabbage's idea. What if we did that and we added a symbol to the sash? So like protection would be a circle for the shield. It's too small. Or, I think it'll end up being too small. The sashes are like already a little suspect, especially covered if up by a, a board. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then if you have to put it on your garb, then that's bad too. Cause it then is. you can't change garb and but stuff like, is easy. I think there is a way to do it where you say, okay, that guy's wearing armor. Trucker he, hats. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that on a, what was that? Like, Buffers and blasphemy. Yeah, like it's, it's silly, but in a way it's Hold actually kind of good. It. Yeah. Let me, let but me the look this up for you real quick. Of like, um, you know, like, uh, having to add something that's not part of my garb or my character or something like that. And that's, I don't like doing stuff like that. And the sash is really the easiest of all those kind of options. Yeah. I just, I like the idea of you being able to um, sort of spec out your character the way you want it to be specced. And then, okay, you're wearing armor. Well, I know you don't have fight after death, right? Like th- there can be some if thens and maybe that, you know, that's, that's too basic an example. I am sure there is a circumstance where that breaks down. Sure. Um, sure. But like, and then you have to have some artifact of that. Like in that case, like you have to have a javelin on you. Like that means if I have three javelins as part of my kit, I have a fourth javelin that I have strapped to my gear so that it's indicative that I am a javelin person, you know? And then again, that's still part of your kit. You know, you, you will have a javelin on you and like that is still part of your character's unique look. It's still part of their kit, but you just don't throw that one. So people know you're a, a ranged 
Uh, you're talking about like it's backpack strapped on or something like that. Sure, yeah, or it's it's like you've got a slot in your armor for it, and it's sort of decorative, right? Like it, it never comes out because it has to be like there. That, but... It wouldn't even have to necessarily be fully like field legal. It would just have to look like a field legal version that's pointing up even. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of neat, but like... One I'm of the big things flow. for um for Amp Guard is the the low cost of entry too, and so you're now adding a cost of ent- or a barrier of entry of cost. I don't know. Okay, so yes, Amp Guard has an extremely low barrier to entry, and I don't know that that removes that because you can still have a cheap ass kit even if you have to have a display piece on it. You know. Well, it, it honestly would depend on what display pieces are at the same time, too. Like, uh, yeah, there's a lot to this that needs to be yeah. thought out. I mean, I think it could be something like wands for a casting class. And if they have oh, a wand, they, like can't, they can't have spell balls or something like that. Oh, I think no. there are some really interesting things that you could do. Um, but again, like it, it's it's a rough I think it's a rough sell to the current crowd um, going forward. I think it would be interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a, this represents a whole new game almost to what Amphgard right, is. Right, so. and that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, yeah I the, sent it. The, the Squid Billy's trucker hat thing is really funny, but again, no. like it's kind of accurate. He's got one that says attuned, one that says stone skin, one that says yeah, gift they, of fire. they weren't for classes; they were for the, uh, the different enchantments and stuff like that. So you knew what you were coming up against because that was one of the the point, points of that post was like, yeah, I see you dangling, you know, however many enchantments, but it still doesn't mean I know what enchantments you have. Like white means protection, so they probably have some sort of armor or verbal like stop or something, you know, right or you know whatever, but. This was one of the things that uh, at Keep on the Borderlands uh, that they did really well because it was it was taking a, just a, a flat D and D module and turning it into an amp guard thing. So when you had a uh, they they use like the the caution tape and stuff like that, yeah. like the hot pink. So if you had hot pink on, it meant you had a very specific enchantment. Everyone yeah. knew what it was. So I think that's potentially something we get. One of the things I think that would help. Uh, amp guard as a whole is we get rid of uh, a tune and uh, any of the stackable enchantment things. And then you can codify each enchantment by a strip as well. So, <clears throat> and you can end up with double strips or, or striped strips or something like that too. But again, it's getting to, you know, where you have to gauge how much work is that to get into the game? Yeah. It's a, uh, it's weird that that was one of the things that was picked to set scout apart. Like, I know it was a big deal for them in 6. They were the only class that, that could carry uh, two enchantments there. That was their 6-level ability. Yeah, I mean, so they still have that, so you can stack a shit ton of stuff on them. Yeah, right. Um, but it was it was weird to me that that, that kind of became a thing and then moved into being a spell. As well, yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. I think some of the... I don't like classes that overlap a lot um, as far as identities, and that's where I like... Bard is still, I don't think, really found its true identity. Like in prior versions of the game, it was kind of like, oh, I'm kind of this and this, but you very well, you're, you're taking spells from both spell lists, right? right? Like in old six and I think seven even. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it didn't have its own role. Yeah, I'm all the worst parts else. of a wizard and all the worst parts of a healer, and I've got two swords for some reason. Right. You're, I'm a bard. Uh, you're a regular blue mage the, in most every game. Yeah, exactly. Right. The the uh, addition to the with the armor, I think, was a really good addition into buying it. It's almost like you could take Bard and apply the same concepts to the martial classes or something, you know. <laughs> so, Strange like, that, huh? right? <laughs> we all just have points and we pick stuff out of a pool. Yeah. 
So like Bard for me, like sets it up and says, this is fine. This is something that everyone can do. Now there's like, maybe there's an easier one that like in six or seven, there was Raider or whatever. Maybe there's an easy one out or something like that, where it's just, it has these things and you don't get to pick anything. Was Raider actually part of V6 or V7 or was that just something we had locally? No, it was actually in the rules. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Ah, okay. Somebody was like, no, that's just your seven. local park thing. And I was like, I swear to God. No, it was in seven. Rules. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'd have to look it up, but I'm 90% sure it was I mean, it. it was just slightly better barbarian, but like it was cool. Yeah. Well, and so you mentioned, you know, this could be applied to the martial classes too. We were talking about it like a skill tree or something like that, but I, I could see, and this would be easier to balance maybe. Right. I could see where it was just every class had, and I'm making air quotes for here, a spell list. Yes. Where you picked board, sword, polearm, yep. your armor, stuff like that. And it, that also would give a little bit more flexibility if you were if you were a warrior. So I'm going to use uh, Vashirin as an example here. Vashirin plays warrior, and he likes to go lightly armored. He yeah, likes he to be... Two, two points because he uses his assassin set. Yeah, and... He likes to be quick and mobile and you... A skirmishing warrior, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. And I love Heralder to death, but Heralder running around in that billion pounds of... That's not going to happen. 8,000 <laughs> point plate or whatever he's got, mm -hmm. he's not going to be running around the field. So it adds a little bit of flavor. So if in this example, if it was a spell list he was going to for his warrior, he could only pick two points of armor and that would free up other point or, or, or if it, or if it was more even simpler. insults or more like Oz or something random that you can, you know, like more shake it offs maybe, or, or something else, you know, like it's a really good idea. I feel like yeah, yeah. You, you it's have... bringing the martial classes up to the same, yes. uh, aspect of the, the magic classes that, and I think it accomplishes the idea of trying to fully put classes in one-to-one -one and you don't have to worry about it. Oh, I'm, I would I would go pop star uh, Flobogen Thunderhammer. I would go warrior with absolutely nothing but awe <laughs> and just walk around awing everyone on the Welcome field. Welcome to Bard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to say, you can do that with Ambulant yeah. and combat casting. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was the funniest shit. I did that to uh, Heo at the battle game where I was I was chasing him down. He's running Archer. And I'm, I'm, he's uh, always running Archer. Yeah. And I'm, I'm running, you know, song of deflection. So I'm kind of just dancing at him, right? I'm being an idiot, you know, and I'm, I'm running up on him and he's, he's trying to, he's trying to win it. And I get up and he pulls out a sword and squares up to me. And we're like, we're, we're just kind of ditching for a second. And I just awed him while we were fighting and we kept fighting for like another 10 seconds. And he's like, wait, did you awe me? And I was like, yeah, why are you still here? <laughs> he was like, I didn't know. I was like, yeah, combat caster, go away. He's like, Oh, okay. This is Damn it. the the COVID rust falling off aspect. Yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> that, whole, that whole, you get hit by a random spell ball and, you know, you, you look down at it and it takes five seconds. You're just like, oh, I need to do this now. <laughs> yeah. Why am I still moving? That was in tangle. Right. <laughs> well, guys, we're at about an hour and a half and uh, we've got another podcast to record in 30 minutes. Uh, or something like that. I don't know what time it is right it's now. It's 6.30. Um, so, yeah, it's somewhere around there. Hey, I think that this was a really fun Wednesday episode. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming on again, Teflon. Oh, yeah, no and, problem. Uh, talking about uh, the uh, the event that I unfortunately wasn't able to go to. Hey, I know that, that King Cabbage covered this at the very beginning, but thank you again so much to everyone that organized that event, put it on, worked in it, um, help set things up. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much to Clover for Absolutely, all yeah. of the game stuff that you did. 
Uh, Anyone who helped setting it up and and everything like that, too. I don't know who did everything. I was not paying any attention to that. (laughs) Yep. And hey, we're, we're we're meeting for events again. People did things. If you saw your friends doing stuff, mention it. Yeah, absolutely. It matters. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks to everyone who made that happen. This is a good episode. We got a little bit of everything. We got an in-depth discussion about some shit. We got funny stories. We got a flow story. I'm going to post pictures of flow naked in the comments uh, afterwards because he said he got <laughs> naked and ran around. So just so you guys have a, a visual reference. I forgot what story I told. That's horrible. You, you knelt in an ant hill. hill yeah, and I, I do remember now yeah. when you said that. I was like, I was naked? Oh no. What yeah, so we got we to gotta stop <laughs> shooting now involved. and take some pictures and then start up the next podcast. So we'll see you guys on Friday.